Hello, welcome everybody. Uh, why can't I hear myself? Oh my god, I didn't plug in my microphone. <laughs> You're listening to Dada or Nothing, a variety show about the visual and performing arts presented by Hippie Pink Ferret. I'm your host, Jojo, and this week we're going on a field trip. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Dada or Nothing. Today, I am not in my studio. I am, in fact, in the cutest little college dorm being hosted by Marina Kalitsis. Hi. Me and Marina have come together to talk about the Broadway flea market. We're actually in a pretty interesting spot in terms of its history because it didn't happen last year due to pandemic reasons. In the later part of the episode, we're going to be covering all the stuff that we bought. Marina, you probably dealt with it a little bit as you shuffled through our pile, but this is the first time I'm revisiting everything because it's amazing how much you can just go to booth, to booth, to booth, because you're finding all these cool, interesting things. Before we jump in, a quick shout out to new patron, Lauren Barrett. I'm thrilled you like the show enough to support it, and you're such an amazing human being. This episode's dedicated to you. New game selected. Please customize your heroes. Can you give a brief description about who you are? I'm studying musical theater, which I'm very happy to be doing. I know all of the words to both I Won't Say I'm in Love and Zero to Hero from Disney's Hercules in Greek because I went through a phase in high school where I would just listen to Disney songs in foreign languages. So when is your one-woman show? Tomorrow. Tomorrow? Did you not reserve your seat? Oh my god, I am so embarrassed. You are the worst friend ever, Jojo. How could you? I'm just an awful human being. I apologize. Characters confirmed. Today's party members are Greek Disney princess and Jojo the awful human being. Now loading stage, Broadway Flea Market 2021. Flea Market is a yearly fundraiser for Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, or BCEFA. Basically, a bunch of New York theater organizations get together and sell collector's items, signed items, basically anything. Broadway Cares helps men, women, and children across the country receive life-saving medications, meals, counseling, and financial assistance. They've been around a very long time, as you can probably tell by the fact that they're called Equity Fights AIDS. How the Broadway Flea Market is set up, it's two separate streets, and then you have Schubert Alley cutting right between them. You go up and down these wooden tables that are just stacked with all kinds of unique things because they're drawing from all these weird storage sources. And a lot of the people who are working the event are actually volunteers. They had bananas for the volunteers and they, I thought they were selling them. The confusion that struck <laughs> you as we were walking down 8th Avenue. We're going on like, oh, that one has playbills. Ooh, that one has pins and stickers. I'm bananas. Are these props from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? Wow, I can't believe the bananas stayed that well, even though it's been decades Honestly, since the original Joseph. I did a production of Beauty and the Beast, and the bread that the baker sold was moldy in a week. They have the grand auction at 5pm, their big event at the end to wrap things up, but they're auctioning stuff off throughout the day. Every half hour, a new set of items goes up for auction. Bidding begins with the highest offer from online pre-bidding. Pre-bidding? Okay. Bougie pre-bidding. Everything else is pocket change kind of thing, depending on what you're getting. Some of the more pricey items that you're seeing on the street you can go up to like $600. For instance, that damn Yankees costume design for BB Newark. Yes! I so would have bought that, but it was like $200. I think it was $250. The coolest finds are like, this is so beautiful. Why is this $5? No, exactly. Which we will get into when we're doing the thing. But let's take a look at their grand auction, because what, what are the big ticket items? The chandelier? <laughs> Actually, there was a chandelier up for was auction there? early today. 
today. Yeah, from Broadway's Palace Theater, removed before renovations. They sell all kinds wow. of things. They were auctioning off a Funny Girl souvenir program signed by Babs, Barbra oh Streisand. Oh my goodness. Here are the boots worn by Keanu Reeves in a 1995 Canadian production of Hamlet, plus audio recordings of his opening night performance. Oh, dang. This is what we're talking about. Yeah. Wild stuff. Like, did someone specifically decide that night, you know, this is Keanu Reeves. Maybe we should steal his boots. <laughs> They also auction off time with Broadway stars. Usually there's like a photo booth or something along those lines. This year, everything was virtual, which made the whole event a little bit quieter, which was sad. When they do the autographs and photos live, you usually can run into them after they finish signing and taking photos for money, which is usually what I do. (laughs) I'm like, oh, I don't have to pay $50 to talk to you anymore. Let me just up right now. Being a fan of musical theater is so fun and so rewarding, if not a little expensive, but we're working on it. We're working on it. Please work on it. If I say it enough times, you'll be working on it. But then some of them too, like you don't have to pay as much. They did a a free booth one time with Carol Lindsay and Ben Fankhauser. I got a photo with them and that was really cool. They were so sweet. It's part of the event's appeal, at least in previous years. Famous people are hanging around from the Broadway scene. One of the actually really cool things about 2019 at the Beetlejuice stand, Presley Ryan. She was the understudy for Lydia and the Girl Scout. She was really popular on TikTok at the time. And they were selling like do a TikTok with Presley Ryan at the Beetlejuice booth. And it was so cute watching all these people make TikToks with her. One of the things that's very attractive about the musical theater community and Broadway is it feels a lot more personal than other creative mediums. There's a lot more of a chance for me to actually see these people in person through events like this or having worked with them, being in the theatrical sphere. Like it is so funny to me that I fan out over people like Norm Lewis that I have to remind myself I've actually met this man. And the weirdest part is when you're meeting them, it feels so human. Not only is this really cool from a fan experience, but when you are an actor yourself, one of the best things about these events is networking. Absolutely. Uh, Because I just want to emphasize, especially for our listeners who may be about to graduate college or trying to break into this field in this crazy time, one of the most important things that I felt like I learned outside of college was to be human outside of the audition room just be myself and be pleasant and polite. I hated the idea of networking when I was in college. I have to essentially get all my jobs through nepotism or by knowing somebody. That seems really unfair. And that's not really what networking is. People remember your name because they had pleasant experiences of you. That's what it means to have a friend. If you're coming in having that intention of being like, put me on Broadway, they're going to be like, I am an actor. I was hired to do that job. Please leave me alone. Why do you know where I live? (laughs) And and they are professionals who are going to be able to see that in you. It's not so much about who you know as it is how you treat them. It's about being a kind person who people want to work with. And you want the people who want to work with you to be bigger names, of course. But you've got to form that connection with them. If you work a job that you're not crazy about, think about your favorite coworkers. How are they making that experience better for you? It's the exact same when you're doing something you love. It is. Because somebody who isn't great is going to make your experience worse. We all know that one person that was just a problem the whole time. We do. It's so fun to meet people in your industry. Like, what do you do? Who are you? And it was so natural to be like, bam, right there. How many business cards I gave out? A and lot. Especially now with the way that the industry is starting to turn because of COVID and so much self-producing. You never know when your friend who you met through an odd conversation is like, hey, I was looking through your Instagram and you're a really good singer. I'm trying to set up a cabaret. Do you want to just come and sing a song? That's how I got my off-Broadway credit. A friend was 
was like, hey, can you please just read the stage direction for this play? And I was like, yeah, yes. No, same. Yes. That's basically the event. It's very easy to walk around. We ended up covering all of the flea market twice during our time. Yeah. And we were only there to about two is when we started to wind down and be like, okay, was there anything that was maybe too expensive the first time around that we wanted to take a look at before we headed back to our train? And I don't remember it being really any bigger in previous years besides like the feel, the amount of people. Loading complete. It's time for an adventure. So I wrote a whole itinerary. I wrote a very in-depth itinerary with emojis, with times, because that's my whole personality. And when we got to the train station, we found out there's an express train that was only a couple minutes earlier. And my friend was going to be on it. So we were like, absolutely. Your friend Alvaro, shout out to him. He's so cool. So we ended up getting to Grand Central Terminal an hour early. (laughs) And so we were like, "Uh, well, let's just walk in that direction and see if we can't scratch up breakfast while we wait for the booths to set up. We get there. It's 9.30 and the booths are being besieged by people. Like some of them weren't even set up yet. I saw someone picking up a poster that I wanted to pick up for a friend who recently did that show. And I was like, how did I get here early and still miss that specific poster? Maybe the reason all of the people were at the Broadway flea market early is because if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late. That was supposed to be a joke and you didn't laugh. (laughs) As both somebody who loves theater and enjoys the events, talk to me a little bit about your experience. How was it different? How was it the same? And how did you feel about the general vibe? I might have liked this year better than 2019, but not more than 2018. That year they had the Sing for Hope piano. This one music director was taking requests and I stood around that piano for maybe an hour and a half singing with a bunch of other theater fans. Someone took a video and sent it to Josh Groban and I'm now on Josh Groban's Instagram forgetting all of the words to Natasha Pierre in The Great Comet of 1812. Remember the girl that was just a hot mess? Well, that was me. Everyone else was singing Russian and she was bouncing to the beat generally. (laughs) She was given the energy that the situation needed. It was weird to not make friends this year because everyone was a little more separate and there weren't really community spaces to gather like at the Sing for Hope piano because when you're going through the booths it's like being at a stage door everyone's pushing to get the things that they want it was still magical because theater is just magical oh I'm gonna start crying no please cry it helps bring okay. listeners in I don't know how to describe oh my god this is the wonderful. love I have for musical theater you're really slaying it being back at Broadway Flea Market is an emotional experience for me I'm calling up Paramount Plus right now to put you retroactively in the Tonys So anyway, (laughs) (laughs) what just happened? Broadway cares and Broadway bears. We saw many Broadway bears, not the teddy bears, Broadway bears, like where people get naked. If I ever had a dirty magazine, it would be a Broadway bears thing. I love that you said that because that is the epitome of your vibe. It is. Also, I didn't realize how many ridiculous titles Broadway Bears has done. Oh, they're iconic. They're all just so much. It's so much skin. They're not skimpy. Even with the advertising, I'm like, 
Wow. And it's so funny because you're going through all these like really campy, old fashioned <laughs> musical playbills. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, Neil Simon. Oh my gosh, BB Newworth. And oh then, my gosh, nudity. And then you're just like, wow, that's a lot of naked man yeah. in my face. Those are some boobs you have, Bim. Yeah. So many booties. Lots of booties. Lots of booties, if anything else. So many Peek booties. At the booty. Were the booties all nice? Yes, but I was a little They're Broadway dancers. I was inundated by the booty. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, the booty market is flooding. The economy is about to crash. It is. At least from my perspective, it was very much the same. 2019 was the very first time that I went to the Broadway flea market. Me and my partner, our anniversary is October 2nd. We were in the city to celebrate. And when we got out of the show, we were like, what is all this? And then my partner was like, oh, it must be the Broadway flea market. And I'm like, who? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of her. What is this? Because I, I love flea markets. Ooh, that's the Connecticut in me talking. You know, like <laughs> we love seeing a neighbor open up their garage and be like, help me get rid of this crap. Yes. Because luckily for you, I'm a connoisseur of trash. And when those neighbors are the cast of Wicked. When my neighbor is Alex Brightman as Beetlejuice, yeah. it kind of changes the tune. And there was some stuff, I think that was just left over from 2019 that they brought out. Like there were Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat keychains. It was really, really interesting to see the shows from before finally get presents. And it makes it feel like such a special thing because this is the only place that you could find stuff like this and people are going to charge you a fairly reasonable price. Outside, if you want that curated item, they're going to charge you significantly more plus tax and shipping. This is such an excellent event to find really interesting finds because you're digging through all these playbills. It's like one of a thousand. You open it up and you're like, this raggedy old playbill has Barbra Streisand in it? There was one that had Shakespeare on the cover. It was from some Shakespeare festival and I was like, oh, which play of this is his? Oh, it's Madeline Kahn. I'm planning on dressing up as Mrs. White for Halloween this year. So I was like, I need this. The hardest part of that costume is getting the flames, flames, flames on, on the, the side, side of, of your face, face heaving, heaving, heaving breaths. breaths. Stage complete. Now reviewing quest rewards. We're going to look through some of our haul to give you an impression what kind of things you can expect when you go to the Broadway flea market. I feel like this is the most that I've ever spent. Oh, same. I was craving some content. I have a job now and I just want everything theater right now. Oh, when she has the dollar signs. Yes. To back up her expensive taste. When she has a survival job along with her musical theater degree. She's the whole package. We're learning. Item number one, Broadway Flea Market 2021 Everything's As If We Never Said Goodbye poster. Marina, I'm loving this ASMR you're serving me. Thank you so much. I've actually been thinking of it as a backup career. I think it should be your primary career. I'm just really into the sounds of you crinkling plastic and um, breathing. <laughs> So our first item that we bought, it's a poster that celebrates the actual event itself. It is a beautiful drawing of a bunch of people wearing masks, being in a theater, seeing people perform, people in balconies and whatnot. It's just a gorgeous, very sentimental picture of this rising tide of Broadway coming back. And with the little Sunset Boulevard quote at the bottom, it makes me want to shed a tear. Although these people, their noses are not in their masks, but it's okay. You Creative know, license. Yeah. 
you know what shakes me? These are <laughs> fictional people. <laughs> so Sorry. it's like, how can I criticize a drawing? <laughs> Um, it's so, a beautiful drawing. It is. I almost cried looking at it the first time. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> That's tragic. It's a drawing, um, which is really funny because their masks are pretty lit. I they love their are. masks. There's a rainbow one and there's one that looks like a smiling guy. It's Yeah, wonderful. it's a pretty nice, diverse poster, which is good to see as Broadway works on its diversity. There's a lot more different kinds of people, not just in terms of race, but a lot of gender expression. Yeah. A lot of different looks. You see a lot of people. Different who, ages. Different kind of cultures, different kind of vibes, different ranges of formality even. Yeah. Which is really, really cool that it's not just differences for differences sake, but differences to celebrate them. It's a huge poster of celebration. It is. Item number two, Deaf West Theater's 2015 Spring Awakening poster. I got a poster for the Spring Awakening Deaf West production on Broadway, which I actually saw with JoJo back in 2015. 2015? I know, it was so long ago. It was on October 11th, I remember, because that's National Coming Out Day, and you decided to come out as a goat on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just a weird experience. We went with two of my cousins and our friend Brandon as someone who wants to act and direct. Michael Arden is possibly my biggest inspiration. He's such a brilliant director, such a great actor. And I love that he does both. Like right after he directed Once on This Island, the revival, I remember he had a small role in King Lear on Broadway, which was so random to me. I was like, okay, so you're just going to direct an amazing musical and then also be in a Shakespeare play? I have trouble making sure I consume enough water throughout the day. So the fact that you can design one of the most beautiful shows I've ever seen in my entire life while also being like, I also do Shakespeare. Okay, girl, I see you. Item number three, costume design illustrations by Greg Barnes. Actually, it was the very first booth that we went to. It was. That we found our best find. And it's probably for that reason because that was at 9.30. Yeah. So there was a bunch of drawings by this artist named Greg Barnes. These are costume designs. Mine was from the Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey Circus. It doesn't have any other identifiers, but I'll post a picture on our Instagram. I have this beautiful design for what looks like a ballet costume designed after the sun and a phoenix. It is stunning. And Marina, you got one from the same artist that was a costume design in Aladdin. It's absolutely gorgeous. It's got these blue pants with amazing beads all over it, blue armbands, tons of gorgeous jewelry, and a headscarf. He looks like a dancer in this really cool pose. I love it so much. The designs are very much made to be for dancers. Yes, there's a lot of movement in these sketches. There's just an intimate knowledge of human anatomy because he has to have an intimate knowledge to design costumes with correct proportion and he styles them in such dynamic poses. Like my Phoenix one, the dude is just standing but he has his arms extended, he has his feet presented in a certain way. You can tell these two gentlemen are dancers and that they have two completely different styles of dance even though they are still images. And completely different personalities. It's not even just human anatomy but human spirit, the facial expressions on these costume designs is I don't even know how to describe it. The one we were gushing about earlier with the damn Yankees and BB Newworth, I loved her more for what she represented but this is art. It's absolutely art. The intricacy of detail that's in them. I thought I've seen costume sketches before but this is another level. It is. And the fact that we picked these up for $40 a piece is astonishing. It is. I might do an episode on Greg Barnes after this. 
Item number four, original West End 1981 Cats poster. Cats the musical gets a lot of slack because it doesn't have a plot, but I love it regardless. I think Cats is such a fascinating musical. The dance is so much fun. The music is a ton of fun. And I love the intimacy of the show. It says on it opens April 30th, 1981. So I'm not sure if it was even open yet when this poster was out. Fact check. What makes this poster so special is that Cats was originally supposed to open on April 30th, as described, but the premiere would be postponed until May 11th of the same year. The eyes have dancers in them? They do! Have you never noticed that? I've never noticed that! Call me thick, but because it's such a reproduced image, like, you've seen a picture of Marilyn Monroe so many times yeah. that you may forget specific details about her face. Very much a similar vibe with this, that I've seen this image thousands of times. Of course. And now I can appreciate its design because this really was the medium it was meant to be presented to me in instead of small little reproduced images everywhere that bounce off my eye because I've seen it a thousand times. Of course, I know what it is. It's just some eyes and I'm now noticing some beautiful detail in the art. In its simplicity, it mm -hmm. still tells such a story. Item number five, Broadway Legends Carol Burnett Christmas Ornament. They had Legends of Broadway Christmas ornaments that were made by Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS. And they had a Carol Burnett as Princess Winifred in Once Upon a Mattress. My sister is such a large Carol Burnett fan. One time our director told her that she reminded him a little bit of Carol Burnett and she started crying. So I saw this and knew I had to get it for her. There was Angela Lansbury in Mame, Glenn Close in in Sunset Boulevard. And there was also Harvey Firestein as the mom in Hairspray. Those are something that I think would go for like a hundred bucks. So the fact that they were like- 40? 40? It was, was either 30 or 40. I'm pretty sure they were 40 because yeah. I remember being, oh, the same as the artwork, but that was so cool. Item number six, Be More Chill Mountain Dew fan art. This is one of my favorite finds. This is something that I bought. This is a piece of artwork on canvas. It is a picture of Mountain Dew. There's a line halfway into the canvas going down vertically. Half of it is colored green, half of it is colored red, and there's a bunch of colored rectangles and bubbles that are in the background. It is very Be More Chill-ish. It was made by a fan, and it says, for the Be More Chill cast with a little heart. As soon as I saw that there was a canvas piece up for grabs I was like well I gotta have it of course I think it's just so cool knowing that this was probably like passed around the cast and also tragic knowing that this is in my hands now yeah it kind of made me sad to see all of the fan art in a bucket being sold this was one of a couple like there was, was. five different paintings that were for be more chill I'm not entirely sure if they had any usage during the show or in the backstage but knowing that this got discarded it creates a really cool souvenir for me but it's it's like, oh no, none of the cast members ended up grabbing this. Thank you, AT, but also sorry, AT. Yeah, sorry, AT. I just want you to know that if you're out here and you're like, oh my God, that is my painting, that it is in a new, safe, loving home with yes. me. I adore it. And I love the fact that it is branded Be More Chill. But it's like, what's her story? What's her social security number? What's her Wikipedia synopsis? <laughs> Item number seven, MTI Piano Conductor Score of Evita. For only $10, I was able to get an MTI Piano Conductor Score of Evita. One of my first interactions when I came back to campus last year, because I did mostly virtual classes, but I came back to have my own space. My friend Rashawn and I sang Don't Cry For Me Argentina to each other through the door because we couldn't be <laughs> in shared spaces because of COVID. I am dying imagining <laughs> this. I was also playing it on the ukulele if that makes it any better yes it does 
I'm imagining just me back in college, laying across a dorm bed with like a sad book in my hands being like, oh, I wish I could see somebody even though COVID has ruined my life and just hearing, don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> just a little ukulele in the... I'm going to add a ukulele. Dada or Nothing will be back in just a bit. Item number eight, Jesus Christ Superstar Wine Glass. Marina, you found something just really special. It is a goblet. It's a wine glass, but it's more like a goblet. It really is a goblet. Of Jesus Christ Superstar. I love that musical so much. My plan is to put some wine in it, leave it on the table, and then go, I will drink your cup of poison. That was a little flat, sorry. Every sorry. single person listening to this podcast just went, I'm sorry, she was a little, a little flat. flat. I'm going to turn this Can off. Can I try it again? I was wondering where the story was going. Going, frankly because i was like huh jesus christ superstar and wine what are the funniest things about this connection right now and for a second i thought you're gonna be like i'm gonna fill it with water leave it out and hope it turns to wine you see i was thinking that as i was saying it but then i was like no that's not referenced in the musical mm, tastes like blasphemy to me <laughs> oh my goodness Item number nine, Mary Martin Lights of Broadway trading card. I picked up a Lights of Broadway show card, which those are really cool. They're like little Broadway trading cards drawn by Squigs. He does designs for a bunch of different musicals. I actually got to meet him at BroadwayCon one time. He's super nice. I had no idea that those existed. They had this giant poster with all the different cards that they had, all the different actors and actresses. And it was a pretty exhaustive list. A bunch of people from different time periods, a lot of present day people, people from the golden age of musical theater. And they're not just the caricatures. On the back it has like little profiles like it has mary martin born december 1st from weatherford texas her broadway debut and did you knows they're so cool i love these i remember i got a pack like right when they came out Item number 10, Young Frankenstein Revival Pills Prop. This is a pill bottle that is labeled Dr. Frederick Frankenstein's special recipe for revival pills, guaranteed to bring you back from the dead. Take with food. This isn't big at all. It's wrapped in shrink plastic. It's the size of a regular pill bottle. It has a childproof cap. Yeah. These are so small of details. I'm wondering what the hell was the context for this? They do put really fine details on props though. I remember I went to behind the Emerald Curtain, which is this tour where they show you like a little wicked museum type thing. They told us that the buttons on, I forget which costumes, say Oz on them. And if you were sitting in the front row with a pair of opera glasses, you still wouldn't really be able to read that they said Oz. But that's a detail on the costumes that was so important to the costume designer. It's like a hundred something dollars a button. It's insane the detail that they put onto the stage that no one sees. They really do put that much work into it. Fact check. The buttons in question are on the costumes of Fierro and the other guards of the Gale Force. I'm wild and out. It's That's insane. another level. At that point, the costume designer and the props designer are really playing to the actors. And at least speaking as an actor, it would help me get immersed if I were to see these details. But that's a whole lot of money to sink into that small of a detail. Like from a perspective of someone going to the flea market, that's awesome. I would want something with the Oz buttons on it. But that brings up its own context within the show. Like, sure, that's a really cool detail. But what is the worth of 
details like that. Technically, this could have had the exact same colors with no text on it and probably played the exact same to the audience. And why are we spending that much money on the teeny tiny details when everyone in the theater could be making more? That's a question for another day. Makes sense to bring it up for the flea market because we are the consumers that are commodifying these things. But by the time that they reach us at the flea market, we're getting them from volunteers for like $5. Sure, you have the much pricier items, but the really cool items are going to be the weird one-off cheap items. And so what is the worth of these in the show? Does it really matter at the end of the day? I don't know. That's something to chew on. Sorry to be so heady. Let's make a dumb joke again. Hey, knock, knock. Who's there? Nobody, Marina. No one's ever knocking. Item number 11, bead necklace from 2009 Hair Revival. This is from the musical Hair, probably the more recent one with Gavin Creel, and it is one of the beads that a cast member wore. I wonder if at some point in the show, that was all they wore. So this it's, is a whole costume. We got a whole costume. costume. From hair. Oh my God, how exciting, an entire costume. Yeah. I guess we really did buy clothes at the end of the day. We did. <laughs> They're just so rustic they and are. earthy and beautiful. And I have such a personal connection to the show after playing Claude. As people who make theater, you often do all the same shows. Yeah. And so you find something to connect with while you're at the Broadway flea market because you're like, I was in that show or I played that or, oh my God, this is from the official production. It brings me closer to what was so inspirational when I was doing the show. Yeah. Because all I did was listen to Gavin Creel. Not that I wanted to mimic his performance, but... The songs from that revival were just so good. And you were just so good. My obsession with hair started with that production. How funny. (laughs) I made you love a show and I can't even love myself. Item number 12, playbill for a letter to Harvey Milk the musical. We have a playbill to a letter to Harvey Milk the musical. Why we got this playbill is because our wonderful mutual teacher, Michael Bartoli, he was the one who played Harvey Milk in it. He was. Along with some other characters as well. I took a picture of Marina with the program and then another picture showing his name in the credits being like, look what we found. I was expecting him to be like, oh my God, what a wonderful show, which I'm sure he felt. But when he responded, he was like, ha I hope it was cheap <laughs> yeah which iconic. absolutely iconic item number 13 vintage playbill for mary chase's harvey this other one was one of my coolest vintage finds so i played elwood p dowd in mary chase's harvey back in senior year of high school that's where i really felt like i came into myself as an actor so the play holds a special resonance to me it's a pulitzer prize winning play if you're ever interested in it it's wonderful it is about a man who sees a imaginary six foot anthropomorphic rabbit and when they're trying to like figure out how to accommodate this man in the sanatorium they think his family are the crazy ones because he's really sensible and nice and polite so it's just funny there's a jimmy stewart movie it's very faithful to the play in my opinion nice so this one is from 1946 it might have been one of the very first productions mounted of it if not the first one but has all these old ads in it it also has that wonderful like old paper smell that you smell from like old books i want everything to smell like that good kind of musty exactly is this Dawn soap? Get this away no, from me. No, not from my nose. <laughs> I curate every single scent that goes into my nose. It's a very arduous process. Item number 14. We're all lesbians t-shirt enamel pin. I am a collector of enamel pins. If you don't know, I have just hundreds of them pinned to a blanket in my house. I, I love them. I love looking at them. I like wearing them. They're usually so cheap and they're great souvenirs. And so when we were searching through this random loose box, Marina was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly buttons. This is one of the only enamel pins in there. It has no markings. It just has this weird confetti background that the pin is stuck to. And it is 
is a yellow plain t-shirt that just says we're all lesbians on it <laughs> and I'm like I have no idea what this is referencing but this is an amazing <laughs> pin because it's so bizarre out of context it is so we did do some research because I bought this simply because it was <laughs> what it was I didn't need further context to buy it and we were laughing about it so <laughs> hard. I almost didn't want to ruin the magic by looking it yeah. up, but I had to, to properly talk about it on the podcast without sounding like an idiot. This is a reference to The Prom. Which is a musical, not just a dance. I guess it makes more sense, but the yeah. way that we found that out is we found an article about an eighth grader who was told that it violated the dress code, and she was just like, do you have something against me being a lesbian? And then <laughs> the school had the audacity to say the dress code's sixth bullet point forbids articles of clothing that contain references to illegal substances, sexual innuendos, inappropriate language, and pictures, sayings, or symbols that show affiliation with hate groups, gangs, or demeaning messages directed toward any individual group or association. I can speak on this. I remember going to school and we would see all the lesbians in a group snapping down the hallways, West Side Story gang style. Honestly, I didn't really get shows like West Side Story because all these like snapping dancers with the greased up hair. I'm just just like this is so unrealistic and then i got to high school and the lesbians were there they asked me to be part of the group because you know we're all lesbians and i'm like well unfortunately i'm not a lesbian but thank you for the offer it's very mm-hmm. generous of you of and then they just started going and i was like i don't know what this means and then i got in my car and somehow they were as fast as my car it was so scary you can tell those stories were in fact fictional. <laughs> hey, have I mentioned that lesbians don't roam around <laughs> in gangs? Like, what's that story? <laughs> we were just obsessed with the pin and I'm so glad I got it because it am I a lesbian? I don't know. The shirt's convincing me. <laughs> This, this little pin may have sealed the deal for me. I am so sorry to my long-term partner, Jeremy. Does this mean we can finally be together? Let's not push it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take it one step at a time, okay? Honorary mentions, best items we didn't buy. Third prize, theater magazines from the 1920s. And one of the most fascinating things amongst this stuff was a lot of magazines in different languages about theater. Yes, there was one French magazine. I don't know what it was. It had like a whole script in French, but then we found a bunch of magazines from the 1920s. It was like a little bag of them. It was a bag of several. There were like political cartoons about Calvin Coolidge, which I don't know what that has to do with the theater. Ooh, very topical scathing review of President Coolidge. Wow, you showed him. He's no longer president, so you must have been doing something right. That was a full hundred years ago, though, at this point. That's crazy. Century-old magazines. Isn't that wild? Runner-up. Various teddy bears from the very important bears line. They were so cool. Some of them, I could clearly tell what they had to do with Broadway. Other ones, not as much, but they were absolutely amazing. They had Ludwig von Beethoven. They had Abraham Lincoln, which I originally thought was Jaber because he didn't have his top hat on. The guy was trying to sell them so hard. He was like, it could be Jaber. It could be Jaber. If you really wanted to be. And listen, I would have bought Jaber, but I think someone took him before I got back. He was a bit of a big ticket 
favorite item? I was a little upset that when we returned on the second pass that the hunt for Red October was taken because I'm like, that's legendary. But that's the whole point of the flea market, baby. If you don't buy it right away. It could be gone. What you think is a little bit more than you're willing to pay. Maybe when I see everything else and then you come back and it's completely gone. And going back after a whole year of not having it. I probably would have bought half of this last year and half of this this year if, you know, COVID hadn't happened. This was my first time back in the city. I wanted everything I saw that had to do with theater. This particular flea market, even though it wasn't perhaps as big or as bold or as bells and whistly as previous years, it was the very first time back. There was an extra fervor to everything. There was. I remember the first flea market that I went to, even though there was more people there, it was a lot more cash. I remember being able to weave through the stalls a little bit easier because everyone wasn't so ravenous to get back into theater. With that being said, don't be discouraged from going early because people do take the good stuff first. Fight for your life at Broadway Flea Market. One of the things I started doing while we were there, I'm like, I'm semi-interested in buying this, but I don't want to settle on it. I'm just going to hold on to it until I get all my stuff because that was the only way to secure the merch. I mean, don't leave that booth with something you haven't bought yet. Don't steal? Don't steal. It goes to a good cause. Grand prize winner, the Aladdin Toaster. Don't talk to me about the Aladdin Toaster. Okay, so hands down, the strangest find available was the Aladdin Toaster. One particular booth was run by a bunch of teenagers. They all had sashes on. Typical fare, except for this one glaring (laughs) object that this one girl, fate had decided that she was the one that was going to be positioned behind this toaster. Everybody was asking about it. It was this very chunky vintage silver toaster. Black. It was a black toaster. No, it was silver. Listen, we could make this a trivia episode if you wanted to. I will ascribe points. <laughs> Going data or nothing. Hold on. Hold on. We have photographic evidence for this. The part where the toast went was silver, but the general outer shell was a glossy black. Marina has a far better memory than I do. It, in fact, was a black toaster. <laughs> With gold detailing. Marina, 50 points. Am I a Dada daddy? You're always my Dada daddy. Oh my God. So it's a black toaster with gold accent of the Aladdin logo and the title of the show on it. The best part about it is when you toast bread in it, it imprints an image of the magic lamp. Honestly, if we were allowed to have toasters in our dorm rooms, I might have gone for it. What was it, 40 bucks? It really wasn't all that expensive. It wasn't. That is such an amazing find, but there is no possible way I can mentally justify (laughs) buying an Aladdin branded toaster. It was so cool though. Rewards move to storage, saving game and powering down. So overall, it was a great experience. It was our first Broadway flea market together. I highly recommend the event for anyone that's interested at all with the performing arts. And even if you're not interested in the performing arts, they have the most random stuff there sometimes. There's this table with Star Trek magazines. There were posters for some animated dog movie. Arctic dogs. Huge posters. Huge. Like life-sized posters. You never know what you're going to find there. It's a great place to find gifts. It is. If I see something that reminds me of someone, I 
pick it up right away because half of the time it's between a dollar and ten dollars and that's not too much to spend on someone you love. I'm really happy with all the stuff that we got. Fabulous way to get in touch with a lot of different art and artists that you may not be familiar with from the performing arts. I love events like these because it helps bring me closer to these people that are so important to the process. Definitely. Thank you again Marina for appearing on this episode. Thank you for having me Jojo. This was so much fun. I love you Marina. I love you more. Dada or Nothing is a production of Hippie Pink Ferret. And I've been Jojo, your host. Thanks again to my guest, Marina Kalitsis. Sources and links, such as one to a transcript, can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, why not keep up to date with our studio on Facebook or Instagram at Hippie Pink Ferret. That is H-I-P-P-I-E Pink Ferret. If you really like what you heard, consider becoming a patron or making a one-time PayPal donation. You'll get a shout-out, unlock exclusive content, and every bit of your generosity allows me to keep the lights on and provide more content. I do write, edit, and produce everything myself right now, so any little bit you can provide to the field of edutainment is very much appreciated. Custom music by Alec Rice. Additional songs and sound effects provided by Mixkit, Zapsplat.com, Descript, and Envato Elements. All audio used is free to use or properly licensed. Again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. Remember to find reasons to have art in your life. I don't even know why I've been playing the roles that I have been when Sexy Milkmaid is kind of my defining character. Of course. As a lactose intolerant person, I think it's the perfect type of role for you. People are like, oh, why don't you try it for like School of Rock? I'm like, there's no milk in School of Rock? Not even cheese? There's no milk in Beetlejuice? Like, let alone a maid who's designated to that milk. So I don't know why you're insulting me right now by even wasting my time with this. If the role isn't legendary, to quote Neil Patrick Harris, I don't see why I should be going for it.